impossible has happened! Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, Oh, they got him. They're coming the from coat. the left. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And now for our feature presentation. Balls deep with Devin Welcome back to another episode of Balls Deep with Devin and Jovan. Uh, I just want to take the time before the episode to just say that I'm wearing this Brooklyn Dodgers hat to pay uh, homage to Jackie Robinson, being that it was Jackie Robinson Day in the MLB not too long ago, and to also honor the actor who played Jackie Robinson in the film 42, which was Chadwick Boseman, who unfortunately passed away in recent days to his four-year battle with colon cancer. Uh, our hearts are with the Bozeman family and the world mourns his death and embraces his impact that he's had on so many. As we jump into the episode, uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, free agents around the sports world, beginning with uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, he w just was released by the Jaguars after months of shopping him on the on the trade market. Uh, I seen it coming, uh, but I, what surprised me most was Doug Marone saying that they couldn't get anything for him, not even a fifth or sixth rounder for him, which is kind of crazy. He cleared free agent free agency, or he cleared he cleared waivers and is now entered free agency and. A few teams that are tied to him are the Bucks um, and the Patriots, who express interest. Another team that I can see, you know, being a possible landing spot would be the Seahawks, due to his similar run style to Marshawn Lynch and their success with him, but also their, you know, lack of depth, lack of depth, or injuries to their backfield in recent years. So I feel like he'd help. He, you know, would help them. But he needs to go somewhere where he can rebrand himself and show what he is capable of because he was productive his first year as a rookie, but he just battled injury uh, the last few years, which kind of damaged his you know reputation. Yeah, I mean, I think I I sort of think that there might be something wrong with the with the Jags, you know, with what the Jags are going on over there because even Jalen Ramsey said it when you know he was released, he was like, you know, you're free now, so like. I don't know the the Jags might leadership might want to look into you know what's going on over there. I I think they're just you know trying to create a different culture. Yeah, I mean um, the culture obviously isn't you know. They they also had another move, but we'll talk a little bit later about it. Um, but another 
free agent that we want to talk about was Mohamed Sanu. The Patriots really just recently, right before we recorded this, um, released him. It blows my mind to think just because I felt like he was set up for success with Cam Newton. I felt like that was a, a good chance for both of them to, you know, prove themselves. But where do I see him going? I honestly do not know. Um, I could probably see him go back to Atlanta yeah. on, a, you know, a friend, team-friendly deal. But we shall see on how, just how that goes because, you know, Atlanta can always use more weapons. Yeah. Um, other free agent news. Uh, in a way, Derwin James just injured his meniscus, just got a successful surgery. Um, will be out for the season, though. Um, so be interesting to see if that plays into what we talked about last week with Earl Thomas. Um, yeah. You know, he could go and he could make a very big impact over in L.A. for the Chargers. Um, Anthony Lynn also already shut down rumors, but it could be a smokescreen. Um Definitely. And hopes that you know nobody goes and grabs him. Yeah, just because he is a talented uh, safety, he has familiarity with the defensive coordinator. Being that, with his, during his time with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, um, Derwin James was a big blow to that defense, and yeah. just happens to you know have Earl Thomas on the market. So that could you know be a plug and play. Yeah, and with free agency from a different sport, uh, Brock Lesnar. No longer a part of the WWE contract expired, and you know Kurt Angle said came out and said that. I guess he was asked if if uh, you know he was interested in going back to the UFC, and he basically said the only fight he's interested in at this point in his life is John Jones. So that begs the question of is that fight even possible? Is it on the table? I mean Dana White. Dana, yeah. Dana White came out and said that you know. Well, first, John Jones came out and said that his fight, his next fight is either Stipe or um, Brock Lesnar. And Dana White then came out and said if both fighters are interested, that's definitely a, a fight that he knows fans would love to see. Yeah. And he would definitely make it happen. I'm interested to see what happens just because health concerns, you know, prevented Brock from returning in the past. We've seen him come into the octagon against DC when, or after DC's fight when he called him out. Um... And then, you know, he resigned with the yeah. WWE. But his health concerns is what prevented him from going back. John Jones has always been an interest, but now that he, you know, made a step up to heavyweight, it seems, yeah. you know, and a perfect timing. Like you mentioned, Dana. Dana did say that would be a perfect fight for John Jones to get a feel for heavyweight. And also, John Jones was going on a tiny bit of a rant on Twitter talking about uh, how he's a better opponent for Steep at this point, but did also tweet afterwards, and Brock Lesnar, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I there's mean, definitely interest on both sides. It seems like it's what we're going to see next. I, I don't see Brock Lesnar coming back for more than one fight, which would be the John Jones fight, um, unless he hypothetically beats John Jones. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Um, but hypothetically, that hypothetically, would make interesting because he might want to challenge for a title yeah, after so, that. I would rather, as a WWE fan, I much rather would see him, you know, go back to the octagon. Uh, he he is a great athlete. I know right now he's, you know, coaching uh, Minnesota in terms of wrestling. Yeah. So we shall see where that goes. But I just think he might be more valuable at this time to the UFC than WWE. Maybe he, you know, has a small stint in the UFC again and then goes back to the WWE. We don't know. 
you. We'll be back with more Balls Deep after this. Yo, what's up, everybody? King Triple C here. The Olympic champ, the flyweight champ, and the bantamweight champion of the world. In other words, the GOAT. The greatest of all time. Meh. That's right. Anyhow, I want to give a special shout out to Devin and Jovan. I know you guys have started your podcast, Balls Deep, with Devin and Jovan. I want to congratulate you guys. And I want to tell everybody that's out there that doesn't know about them. So you guys follow them. Subscribe to them. And you guys make sure to follow them on all your social media platforms. Because if you don't, you guys can bend knee to triple C. Uh, we're back with more balls deep. Uh, to start, we're going to talk about the NFL. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, we just mentioned. Uh, yep, so we're back. We just mentioned, uh, you know, how he, they were looking for a trade suitor for him. Basically, he didn't want to be there. Um, we mentioned Leonard Fournette. So it seems like, it almost seems like the Jags are cleaning house. Other than Gardner Minshew, they obviously plan to keep him and, and build up on that as as far as we can see so far, but I mean they just got a they just traded Ngakwe to the Vikings for a twenty twenty one second and a twenty twenty two conditional fifth. So I feel bad for Gardner Minshew just because he's got little to work with over there. Um and he's ultimately fighting for an opportunity to be a franchise QB. Um but it seems like the Jags are more tanking for uh, a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, which is you know in the upcoming draft class. Uh, but as for the Vikings, I feel like this is a great move for them to you know replace Everson Griffin across from you know uh, uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, that's going to be a really good duo. Uh, I think that might catapult them to you know first place in that division. I think in terms of conversation, they got them for fairly cheap. I mean, a second is not cheap, but I feel like teams like the Giants could have made the, that sacrifice yeah. for him. But he ultimately sacrificed some money to make it happen, uh, I, I noticed. So good for him. I mean, he got out of a situation that he didn't want to be in, and he's somewhere where, you know, he can see himself building a future. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I just feel like uh, maybe the Jags realize they kind of just have to restart. You know, yeah. they have to just start rebuilding all over again i mean like i kind of mentioned earlier speaking about leonard fournette they need to fix up the culture they need the players that are leaders they need young guys who come in and immediately make an impact and speaking about impact um the eagles are can't seem to catch a break so they're riddled with injuries once again um first it was brandon brooks he was you know towards achilles and which led to them resigning Jason Peters not to play left tackle, but to switch over and replace Brandon Brooks at right guard. Um, but then Andre Dillard, you know, injured himself recently. He tore his bicep, and which is another blow to the Eagles' offensive line. Uh, so he's out for season. They talked about you know switch, moving Jason Peters over as an option, but Jason Peters then said that you know he wants a raise. Uh, if he wants, if they want him to move over to left tackle because, you know, he signed to be a guard. Yep. Uh, and then, which might lead them to, you know, go in a different direction in replacing uh, <clears throat> Dillard at left tackle just because, you know, they don't, they don't want to pay yep. up 
But I think they should just pay up and, you know, find a guard replacement instead because Peters has, you know, experience blocking for Carson Wentz in yeah. that offense. Uh, and then Jalen Rieger, who they drafted in the first round as receiver uh, this season, he's out for, you know, three to four weeks with a shoulder tear. Uh, he was supposed to be big for their offense uh, in terms of stretching the field and, you know, adding another reliable receiver for a Carson Wentz and the Eagles team, you know, who had, you know, peanuts at, in the yeah. receiver room last season. So that's a big blow to them. They can't seem to catch a break. I don't know what they plan on doing. Yeah. Um, the Jalen Rieger one kind of uh, really sucked for me. Um, I mean, as a Giants fan, uh, obviously you don't want to see anybody get injured, but it doesn't yeah. usually bother me when, you know, an Eagles guy is out. But uh, I actually drafted him in fantasy football, uh, expecting a big season from the rookie. Not that he still can't. Um, it's only three to four weeks, and there was even saying that uh, with the timeline, it's possible he might not even miss a game. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, there's really no true number one there other than maybe Jackson. Um, uh, they have Alshon, but I think they're, yeah. they're shopping him now. Yeah, and he's, you know, he, with the injury history and him being in and out, it's always tough to kind of rely on him as a number one. So, it, you know, I was expecting a, a big season from the rookie, and obviously uh, we don't know what he's going to be able to do with the shoulder tear. Um, obviously he could heal up, but it could be something that nags him the rest of the season. You never know. And it's funny that we – well, it's not funny, but it's just crazy that when we talked about in our episode in terms of, you know, the draft and things like that, um, I mentioned that the Eagles have a similar – their receiver room is very similar – and, you know, a lot of those receivers have those hamstring injuries. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of them get injured with hamstring injuries. But, like, Marquise Goodwin, they required, he opted out of the season. Deshaun Jackson returning from an injury, but he has a, lot, a big injury history. Alshon Jeffrey, big injury history. Now Jalen Rieger starts his career off as an eagle with an injury. Um it seems like my prediction is slowly coming uh, to fruition. Not to mention, Car uh, Carson Wentz is out with a soft tissue injury. Uh, it's more of not of an injury. It's more, you know, he's hurt, and they're just taking precautionary, uh, like, steps to, you know, make sure and secure that he's ready for the season. But that's just, with his injury history, it's kind of yeah. something that you don't want to keep your you want Well, you want to keep your eyes on. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, the lack of depth at wide receiver. Uh, so to move on from there, the Giants trying to help their lack of depth at cornerback uh, by getting scooping up Logan Ryan. Um, obviously, we know what happened with DeAndre Baker. We had touched on that uh, a little while back um, with the situation and you know him getting into you know a robbery at at a barbecue or what have you. Um, so you know obviously the Giants are planning on uh, moving on from him. Sam Beal had opted out. It's obviously a position that they weren't really uh, deep in to begin with. Like you said, I mean, they kind of had peanuts like the Eagles do. They had a wide receiver. It's like uh, we were almost mirroring them on defense. So. And then Ross Cockrell, like that incident yep. fell through. It didn't, well, it didn't fall through, I should say. So we thought we signed him, yep. and we didn't. Um, so, I mean, with that. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, he I mean, has, it's a guy that we wanted from the jump. Yeah, for sure. I think his, uh, he has the connection with Joe Judge from the Patriots. Obviously, he's from the New Jersey area, so I feel like that alone is a great fit. Yeah. But 
his versatility matches what we want to do as a as a team on defense. We're talking about you know versatility, versatility. We're emphasizing we're emphasizing that so we can move him around from uh, the outside to the slot to even safety in some you know situations. Uh, but just that switch, he he made a switch of agents, um, and that ultimately sped up you know the process of him getting signed. Just because the Giants were connected with him since like the beginning of free agency. Yeah. Um, and on on that note, uh, another big news for the NFL is Jamar Chase opting out of the twenty twenty season, uh, and entering for the twenty twenty one draft, basically preparing himself. Uh. He doesn't want to, you know, play his college season of football, and he doesn't really need to. He's probably the consensus number one wide receiver next year, anyways. Probably, he uh, is. He is. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, he's probably he's one of the best players coming out of the draft in general, yep. offensively, you know, at a skill position, whatever you want to say. He's you know one of the top guys, so it's pretty huge. Him just, you know, planning to opt out. He's probably the biggest name to opt out of the college season thus far, um, which is really surprising considering we are seeing a lot of big name players more so wanting to play as yeah. well. So, and I mean, if the Giants end up with another top ten pick, that's someone I would love to have yeah. uh, on our team. Uh, I hope we don't. Well, I yeah, obviously. We <laughs> <laughs> Granted, if we get a top ten pick, hopefully we get him, yes. but. Hopefully, we don't have another top 10 pick. Uh, as for that, we're going to move on to, you know, MLB. The MLB uh, trade deadline, obviously, was August 31st. It usually is July 31st, but with, you know, everything going on, it got pushed back a month, and it just recently happened. Uh, some big moves happened. Uh, so, the biggest buyer of the trade deadline was clearly... The Padres. We mentioned them last episode about you know being the most exciting team in baseball, and they got more exciting. They're they were, have already been on a hot streak, and these moves just you know might catapult them to being a top championship contender. They they went all in at the trade deadline with trades for Mike Clevenger, Mick, uh, Mitch Moreland, Trevor Rosenthal, Austin Nola, Jason Castro, Austin Adams, Dan Altavia, and Greg Allen. Yes, that list was long, um, but that just shows that they they were serious at yeah. the deadline. And then as for biggest seller, uh, it was the D-backs. Uh, I mean, they traded away Robbie Ray to the Blue Jays, Starling Marte to the Marlins, and Archie Bradley to the Reds. Um, they just see their season, you know, as a wash, basically, and they want to rebuild. So they got a lot of prospects in return for them, and hopefully, you know, next season – they can turn around. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we were just talking about the Padres last week. I think the moves that they made were huge. Obviously, their offense has been great. Um, they they have two of the best players in baseball offensively, Machado and Tatis Jr., who are also the anchors of their defense. Um, and really, it seemed like they kind of just tried to uh, focus a lot on pitching, it seemed like, in, uh, in trading. They went after some really big names for, you know, uh, their starting lineup and also, you know, to fill in some of their bullpen. So, uh, like you said, I mean, they could be a really serious contender at this point, um, especially with a short season, as hot as they are, if they can continue to keep the streak. And then with, mean, eight, with eight teams also, you know, from each conference making the playoffs this season, yes. it should be uh, fairly interesting to see how far they go. 
Um, but in terms of the NL, they might be the Dodgers' biggest threat. And right now, I know last time we talked, the Dodgers were the best team in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and they're in the same division. And they still are. Yeah, oh, the yeah. best team in baseball. So they're in the same division, which also makes it even more scarier because, you know, your division rivals are usually the teams that know you best. So with them, you know, supplying their pitching and their bullpen, uh, they, they're going to be even scarier as a team. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we're going to be back uh, with more balls deep. We're going to end up talking about some uh, – we're going to update you guys on, you know, the NBA and the NBA bubble uh, playoffs. It's crunch time. And we're back with more balls deep. Uh, we're about to talk about, you know, NBA playoffs and them, you know, transitioning to round two uh, for the most part. Uh, the first series, Lakers, Blazers, everyone thought, you know, the Blazers might push the Lakers to six or seven games, being that they were on a hot streak going into the playoffs. Um, but with the injury to Damian Lillard and things like that, that didn't play, pan out for them. Lakers moved on to the next round, beating the, the Blazers in five. Um, I know the NBA took a hiatus a little bit. Uh, a few games were postponed due to, you know, what's going on in the world. Uh, with the protests. With the protests and things like that. Uh, it's sad to hear, unfortunately, you know, none of this stuff, it, it won't, these, this stuff hasn't, you know, came to, came to quits. Literally what we're watching on TV and the NBA you know, on the NBA games and seeing all over the courts and all over the players' jerseys, and it still managed to happen somehow. But yeah, yeah. but back well, not somehow, obviously. Back back to the NBA though. Um, Lakers moved on to the next round. They beat the Blazers in five. They don't quite know who they're playing yet, yep. being that the Thunder and the Rockets, um, they. They're going to Game 7. The, yeah. the Thunder forced the Game 7 versus the Rockets behind a big fourth quarter from CP3 with, you know, his step back uh, three-pointer uh, being guarded by Robert Covington and then, you know, tapping him on on the, you yeah. know, his, his rear end. I mean... Uh, I don't know if he was giving him credit for his good defense or, you know, he was taunting him. Chris Paul is big on taunting his opponents. Um, but I do know there was one point where they're shooting a free throw and he's literally not even looking at the basket. He's staring at James Harden. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he's literally looking at the opposite side of the court, just staring at James Harden. So this series is very interesting. Um, I think you called seven games, and I think you called the Thunder. I did. I called the Rockets <laughs> winning very handily. Um, and it and looked like honestly, it looked like it. Yeah, and I'll eat my words because. <laughs> the Thunder look really good, and Chris Paul has this look on in his eyes that I he mean, wants revenge. he's trying to get it done. Um, he's trying to he's trying to beat that team that that basically disrespected him. Yeah, disrespected him. I mean, I don't blame him. Uh, I'd love to see them win. It's only right, you know. Bron Bron just eliminated Melo. Sadly, he got to eliminate you know CP three too. Well, sa sadly on Melo's part. He got he got to take out the banana boat though for his, <laughs> for his you know. But I called <laughs> I called Thunder in seven. I was you know scared for my prediction after the first two games you know with the Rockets winning handily without yeah. Westbrook. Um, Westbrook came back after you know the Thunder won two games uh, and tied the series. He came back for game five, struggled, uh, you know a little bit offensively. Thunder won game six. He, you know. 
he was playing better than he was game five, but in the fourth quarter he struggled with turnovers. Um, I was surprised to see the ball in his hand instead of James Harden. Yeah. Uh, but that last turnover that he had, you know, pretty much ended it for them. Lost all hope. Uh, but Chris Paul has been hot. He's been carrying this team. I know after his post game interview, um, he said they were just fighting for a chance, um, and just because you know they disrespected that team from the jump. Yeah, uh, I mean nobody gave him. I mean, including me, nobody yeah. really gave him a chance. And, and he was talking about how a lot of them, a lot of the players on the team have been disrespected in terms of getting traded from you know other teams. Uh, so they all have a chip on their shoulder. And as a Laker fan, the Lakers gonna leave the next round. Well, <laughs> regardless of who they play, I have Lakers in six. Um, I I do think they each team has their their factors against the Lakers. I don't want to play the Rockets simply just because of James Harden. Um, I feel like if they were to take games away from the Lakers, it's because of him yeah. and his high his uh, high score. But I also feel like um, Westbrook is that type of player where um, you know it's kind it's kind of like what I said about Mbappe and Neymar. I mean, we know who the better player is. Oh, for sure. But depending on what play, who you get, like what you get out of Neymar, and in comparison to Russell Westbrook, I mean, they're game changers. I mean, if you get the Russell Westbrook that can drop thirty-five a night, or forty a night, or even just out of nowhere get fifty, or you know hitting triple doubles with thirty points a night, I mean. I mean, he's more than he capable can, of doing anything. Yeah, he's capable of doing ev- everything, but the inconsistency of Westbrook and depending but, on who you get is really what, you know, is the difference between your team being a championship contender and, or not. Yeah, with the Rockets, they're they're a three-point shooting team and yeah. they're and they stretch the floor and that's what scares me as a Laker fan just because that's our weakness. Is yeah. and but but you live and die by the three. That too. But I think that's a bad matchup on their part because if you watch these games against the Thunder, there's literally no defense in the paint from either team unless Stephen Adams is in the game. So that's going to, to me, just LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to chew yeah. against that, that defense. 100%. Um, and not to mention Anthony Davis, he is, you know, a big, but also he's, very he good at stretching the floor, and he's also able to get out on the wings and guard. Yeah. So, but, but I think the the matchup I don't want is you know the Thunder, and the reason why is because they have Stephen Adams. I'm not saying he's going to stop Anthony Davis, but that's a matchup that in uh, an extra body that they can throw at him. He is a defensive minded uh, center. To he also grabs boards, but that guard play, that trio of Schroeder, Chris Paul. And uh, uh, Gilders Alexander, that's our weak play. Our weak point at this at this point is guards, guard play. Yeah. So that scares me, honestly. Um, I know I said Lakers and six, regardless who they play. What are your predictions? Because by the time you know, um, I got the Lakers and I got the Lakers and six, regardless. Um, yeah, regardless. I don't see. I was almost inclined to say five, five for the um, for the Thunder. But clearly, they're a lot better team that I than I anticipated. They're playing to, well, like as a unit. And like I said, CP3's got this look on his face that I mean, he's he wants to go out there and at least do something meaningful. Yeah. I don't think that you know, I don't think they're gonna go out there and compete for a championship. I mean, it could happen, but I think he wants to make his 
his playoff run meaningful, at least. Um, sure. So I think even if he's out next round, he wants to bring the Lakers to at least six or seven games and not feel like, you know, getting out of the first round was for nothing. Um, and to go on from uh, transition to from one playoff series from round one to round two to another, um, we got the Nuggets uh, facing the Clippers next round because the Clippers beat the Mavs in six. Um, yeah. And the Nuggets made the comeback, the deficit of 3-1 against the Jazz well, with some good play. Um, it was kind of tough down the stretch for the Mavs. Uh, losing Porzingis was huge. Obviously, um, the Clippers players kind of uh, picked it up uh, later on in the series. What do you think? Uh, I, I felt like when Porzingis, uh, you know, went out, they lost all hope. Uh, I lost hope for them. Um, or their chances against the Clippers. But Marcus Morris trying to take out Luka Doncic. Uh, in one game, he stepped on his foot. People thought it might might have been accidental. But game six, he went and clotheslined him yeah. pretty much, um, which you never want to see someone trying to you know take out another player, especially someone in that as well-liked yeah. as Luka. Um, but I think Karma will ultimately get them in the next round. Um, against the you know the Nuggets uh, with that series they did complete the comeback it was a great series overall yes. uh, Jamal Murray dropped 50 42 and 50 from game four to game six yep and then uh, game seven he didn't nearly score as much but that's because the teams both teams didn't score nearly as much yeah, it was 80 78 uh, close game came down to the wire um, hate to see Either team go just because of how well they were playing. Yeah. Um, I think though the depth of the Nuggets will ultimately get the best of the Clippers and their inconsistencies from their big players. I know Paul George stepped it up yeah. uh, at the end, in the last few games of the first round, but you never know with that team. And I think they're going to need more than just Kawhi to you know defeat the yeah. Nuggets, uh, especially if the Nuggets youth you know play as well as they did early on in the bubble. So you got the Clippers in seven? No, I have, the have, Nuggets in seven? I have the Nuggets in seven. I think it, it will take seven games um, for the Nuggets, you know, to finish or to beat that uh, star power in L.A. But like I said, it's going to take more than Kawhi to defeat the Nuggets. That's true. Um, I I will say uh, when I to start this that I do trust in the Clippers a little bit more to uh, get their self together than I do the Nuggets, although the Nuggets kind of already have. Um, I do think their chance to win this series is contingent on the way they start it. Um, I think if the Nuggets do come out this series firing like they did at the end of the series against the Jazz, I do think that they win this series in seven. Um, but if they come out looking sloppy the way they did, uh, even if even in one game, even if it's the first game, which I think is huge for them. Um, I don't think, I think there's going to be real tough for them to win that series if they don't come out firing. I have the Clippers winning game one, um, just because the Nuggets game did go seven games yeah. and they only have two days rest. Yes, Jamal Murray, two days rest. Um, and, you know, the, the Clippers had a chance to rest. So I think being the well-rested team, yeah. they will win game one. And I get think game two, Jamal Murray. I'm not saying he won't ha have a big big first game, but I I can see a, fi a fifty a fifty bomb okay. again, uh, 
this time against the Clippers, yeah. especially if Beverly continues to, you know, battle yeah. injury. Ultimately, for me, I don't think they necessarily need to win game one. Uh, I think depend. I think they just need to play well. Um, regardless if they win or lose, they need to keep that game close, and they need to be playing well, not playing, not both teams playing terribly, and they just so happen to lose. They need to be playing well if they lose because they need to continue on that momentum of which they ended with against, like I said, the Jazz. If they don't and they come out sloppy, it's it's gonna be you know it's gonna be tough for them because they can't. It's gonna be hard to come back from another. 3-1 or two-game deficit in general against a team like the Clippers. So what's your prediction? Um, I think I'm going to have to take the Clippers in seven. I just trust them a little bit more. Okay. Um, especially with their, uh, you know, the veterans, um, people who have done it before, uh, more specifically, you know, Kawhi, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but you're you're right. It's going to take a lot more than him to do it. Yeah. Um, it's a tough series to call, but I think I just trust the Clippers a little bit more to get their subs together. They're more experienced, but I think Jokic will perform. He will come out and do what he does best. I yeah. don't think the, the the Clippers have an answer for him. Jamal Murray, hopefully, you know, he can carry over what he did in the first round to the second round. But I do think the Nuggets are going to need their youth outside of, you know, those two cornerstones to, yeah. you know, beat the, the Clippers. They have depth, and that depth played well early on in the bubble. First round, they kind of, you know, disappeared after game one. Um, so, hopefully, you know, they can do enough to to win. But with that, we'll move over to the East. Uh, I know we talked about the Celtics-Raptors, and we made our predictions already. Uh, they've already played two games. And the first game wasn't even close. Um, the Celtics took that handily. Uh, game two was a lot closer up until you know, maybe the last few minutes and the Celtics took that game too. Um, so they're up 2-0 at this point. I do think the Raptors will turn it around um, at least game three and steal it, you can say. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to make some adjustments. They don't have an answer for Jason Tatum. Uh, Kemba Walker, uh, he down, down in the stretch in game two, that step back was filthy. That step back has always been dead. <laughs> and has essentially, you know, had them lose all hope, and I think what what's been vital to them is the play of Pascal Siakam. They've ultimately, you know, s- not shut him down, but they slowed him down where he's not dropping a thirty bomb. Yeah. I mean, some I don't even know if he had twenty points in either of the first two games. So I think in order for the Raptors to turn around, he needs to step it up offensively. Um, but it's still a good series, and I think the Raptors will turn around. Uh, starting game three. Uh, it just sucks. We, maybe uh, it just sucks because everyone has high expectations yeah. going in. I mean, for me, I had really high expectations for the Celtics. I said it uh, on our last when we made our predictions last episode. They're just really too deep. Um, it's tough, uh, especially defensively when you got a guy like Marcus Smart, um, who's who's gonna be everywhere, and then. You have so many offensive weapons, and then you have a guy like Marcus Smart who's not supposed to be doing what he's doing offensively, but then he goes on a streak of hitting five threes in a row. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that, stuff like that from players you don't expect it from, and then you still look at the list of players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. It's tough to beat that when you have that many talented players, and then you have another guy who not often goes out and has offensive nights like that, just goes and, and, and goes 
crazy. It goes insane. I mean, it's crazy because he was struggling offensively, and they left him open, and they continuously left him open, and the Celtics kept saying, "Just shoot the ball, just shoot the ball." Is gonna is gonna hit, and then he made it. He made a couple, and they still left him open, and he. That's when his yeah. hot streak happened, and that ultimately is what you know hurt the Raptors in the long run. I mean, he's he's playing against Siakam on not all the plays, but some of the plays. Um, defensively, and then to go on the offensive side and hit those important threes yeah. to help you start players, it it's helping the Celtics, and they might just you know go to the third straight Eastern Conference Finals, uh, and just yeah. just based off the way that they're playing, they continue. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, like I said, I mean it's it's tough. It's already tough to beat that team when they're so stacked, and then you have a guy who's usually just you know that defensive presence and. You know the tenacity that he carries on the court and how he carries carries his game, um, but then to have him also have that that hot game, it's it seems almost impossible to beat a team like that. You know, w- well at least for the Raptors, you know, yeah. um, it's gonna be a tough series for them, for sure. And then with the last series, uh, in the East and in the NBA playoffs, the Bucks finished their first round uh, matchup against the the Magic. As we both predicted, the Magic stole Game One, and were MIA for the rest of the series. Bucks took the series in five, um, and moved on to play the Heat. The Heat, you know, everyone was against the the Bucks moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they felt like you know they were going to get eliminated, including myself. To the Heat, the Heat were the one or were one of the te- only teams to you know. Beat the Bucks in their in their regular season series. Uh, their only team in the East to beat the Bucks in the, in their regular season series, and they went out and beat them in Game One. I mean, the the Heat took Game One from a big play or from our big performance, I should say, from Jimmy buckets. Um, Jimmy Butler down the stretch, he even told his teammates, "I'm not passing the ball," <laughs> and and next thing you know, he had a few shots. And the players looked at him and was like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> and he he went and performed and did what he had to do to, you know, knock the Bucks out for game one. And if they continue to do so, uh, the Bucks who might just see Giannis, you know, leave in free agency if they continue to perform. They need other players outside of Giannis to perform um, if they want to get this series. Yeah, especially uh, Chris Middleton with. almost seems non-existent at this point. Um, I have no idea where he is. Um, but it's just, it's crazy. The Heat, the Heat are really good. And it just seems like, I mean, it's kind of just for me, it's almost confirming what I already knew is like, Jimmy Butler isn't the problem. It, I feel like it's just any system he's really been in ultimately, especially consider, especially mostly, uh, talking about the 76ers. I mean, you well, see the way he meshed with, with, uh, you know, their young core over there and now how he's playing with the young core that Miami puts around them. I mean, it's... it's. I think he just fits the atmosphere yeah, a lot more in I Miami mean, I better. I feel like they... Yeah, he definitely fits the atmosphere better. I feel like the players respond a lot a lot better in Miami than they did over in Philadelphia. I think they respect him a little bit more. Um, Which like, is lo- good. I mean, he's a great he's a great pre- uh, locker room guy. He's a, he's a guy I think every team needs. Um, yeah. But... It, it depends on, it really does depend on the team you're on. 
and yeah. and the way that players view that type that type of leadership. You yeah. know, some players don't respond to that type of leadership well. I mean, clearly the Heat have. And they all the Heat have fun and games in terms of you know joking around amongst one another. But Eric Spoelstra talked about you know they looked at Jimmy Butler as a superstar, and that's why they they went out in free agency and recruited him highly or yeah. or heavily, I should say. So, um, I think he's a great fit. Especially because, you know, that system that they had was ultimately built for, like, a D-Wade. So having someone, you know, not saying he's D-Wade, but to, you know, be able to, you know, insert him in at that D-Wade uh, role. Um, and just having these shooters around him. Like, they're one of the best shooting teams yeah. in the NBA. With Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. And then Goran Dragic stepping it up as of recently. He's been balling. And then you have Bam Adebayo, who was, he didn't win most improved um, player, Brandon Ingram but did, but he was a candidate for, for um, it, and he he's played big. Uh, my way too early prediction is I honestly think he'll win it next year. Um, oh, for sure. He's really on the up and up, and like I said, I just think that what, what their, you know, their culture off the court is transitioning really well on the court. Yeah. And I feel like that's really... Uh, High praise to Jimmy Butler. I think he's a huge part in that. And and I think... I was a big fan of Jimmy Butler when he was yeah. with Chicago. And I thought, you know, he might have worked out in Minnesota. But when he got traded to the 76ers, it was working well for him. But obviously the team w was underperforming. Yeah. So to see him in an atmosphere that he chose and, you know, he was able, he's able to control it. I don't think he's a number one option, but he's proving a lot of people like myself wrong. I'm not saying I, I think he's a great player for on a championship team as a number two option. Number one option, I didn't think so, but he's a very good number two option. Oh, for sure. I, I, he's I, a good two way player. In, in my opinion, I think he's a number one option, but I can, I can see what you mean by a number two option. But he, if he is a number two option on any team, he's a very good number two option. I mean, he. I think I'm not saying he's not. He can't be a number one option, as you can see. He's proven that he can be. Yeah. Um, on the right team, and the the Heat seem to be that right that team. Right team. Um, so I'd like to see you know maybe they go out and recruit maybe another star to pair with him. Uh, with their youth, they're talking about Giannis possibly. You know, if he does leave Milwaukee, he might. Either go to Golden. Everyone's pointing to Golden State, which would be crazy, and I don't want to see that happen. I hope not. I think if Giannis does leave Milwaukee, he's he's better off just staying in the East. Yeah. And the Heat are a team that you know can do well for him. You know, you'll have uh, Butler there already, uh, and Bam Adebayo. Bam can move to the five. Giannis at the four. Yeah. Uh, Giannis did say a few years ago that he doesn't want to go. He does not want to leave the Bucks, but. If he ever were to leave the Bucks, he doesn't want to go to a big market team. Yeah, Miami, um, I think, might be a little too big. So, you know, but things do change, obviously, um, with the way that team is meshing together and how good they're playing. That could change. And yeah, I, it could change his mind. And I think both their uh, Butler and uh, Giannis, their their mentality uh, yeah. will mesh perfectly. They both, Definitely. They both, you know, have that... Uh, Mamba mentality, yeah. where like they're the alpha male and they want to improve and by any means. And Miami has shooting just as well as Milwaukee does, so yeah, I think it'll be a perfect match. And probably a lot more consistent shooting than Milwaukee does. Oh, for sure, especially down the stretch, as you can see in the playoffs. Yeah, but 
That would be crazy. Yeah, I'd I love. I love the to see right. That. I think for the right culture and the right team and what feels well to Giannis, uh, because he does seem like that type of personality and where he likes he he'll go somewhere if it feels like the right situation. Yeah. I think, you know, Miami being maybe too big a market, it could be something that, you know, it feeling like the right team might, uh, make him change his mind. For sure, for sure. And with that being said, that's all we have for you today for episode 18 and we're almost at 20 we're almost at 20 so um thanks uh to all of you that are watching uh as you know you can you know hit that follow button if you haven't already go like and subscribe to us on all platforms uh we'll definitely leave the links below in the description um and comment we want we want you guys to comment um we got a few uh topics at you know, from our Q&A on Instagram. Thank you to those that submitted uh, some. Uh, we'll definitely be talking more about those if you haven't already. Um, but just go, just make sure to go like, follow, subscribe to us on all platforms. And we're available pretty much everywhere. So you should be able to find us. Yeah, and just like we said, just keep commenting, you know, interact with us. It could be about whatever, say anything, um, you know. Send us more questions to Instagram or even in our YouTube comments to our email. Um, just leave us some stuff to interact with and, you know, to send to send answers to you and stuff that you can see on our episodes. So, you know, you, you can see something that you mentioned on our feed or on our video. Wakanda forever. Peace. R.I.P. Deuces. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.